The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. A Samaritan woman said to Jesus, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in, Jeru nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such the Father seeks to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The Gospel of the Lord. So as we celebrate today the dedication of this monastic church, we have some very beautiful readings to consider when we consider the proper use of a temple, of a place of worship. And so the gospel today is taken from John, uh, the gospel of John chapter 4, and it is within the context of what is the longest conversation that the Lord has with any individual in the gospels. It's with the Samaritan woman. And it is from this uh, conversation that he is having with her, recorded in uh, this long conversation in John chapter 4. And it is immediately after the Lord has uh, shown that he has knowledge of who she is, right? He, sh he shows that he knows that she has had five husbands. And as Bishop Fulton Sheen says, what she tries to do here is change the subject, right? She tries to turn the Lord away from her sin by talking about something that is a little bit more abstract and less personal. And the Lord brings it back. He brings back, even though she might try to do this, if that is what she's trying to do. The Lord brings it back to the perfection of worship. And he brings it back to the fact that her worship and adoration of God can begin even at that moment because the true temple stands before her, Jesus Christ himself. And so the woman says to Jesus, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. So in the beginning, he is just a man that has come to ask for water. He is just a Jew. That's how she refers to him in the beginning. Then now you can see a little bit more respect, a little bit more reverence, as she comes to know that the one who stands in front of her speaks prophetically. And so she says, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. And we know that this will increase in terms of her reverence for Jesus as the conversation goes on. But she asks specifically about where should we worship? Where should we worship? And it is an important question because when Jesus Christ, when the God himself becomes incarnate, all worship changes. And so what the Lord says here about worship in spirit and truth, the type of adoration that the Father desires, truth is not always the opposite of what is false. Truth can also be what is the fulfillment of something that was only a representation or something that was only what was preceding or a figure. And so what you have before Christ in terms of worship was sacrifices and offerings, but none of them were the true sacrifice. None of them were the true offering. 
because we were waiting, the people of God, for the fulfillment, for the perfection, for Jesus Christ himself. And so it is in Christ's sacrifice that we have perfect worship. It is the Lord himself who perfects worship for us. In his passion and death and resurrection, the Lord offers to the Father something that is perfect, a perfect sacrifice, perfect because of its infinite love with which it is offered. And we are not able to offer to the Father a perfect sacrifice on our own. And so we are invited to participate in the perfection of Christ's sacrifice, in his sacrifice itself. And that is the mystery that we participate in here today in this place, this place that was dedicated specifically for that mystery, the mystery of making presence, present again Christ's passion and death and resurrection. It is through the Mass that we are able to participate in perfect worship, worship in spirit and in truth. It is through the Mass that we are able to offer to the Father something that is pleasing to him. And it is in the Mass that we are brought into this sacrifice of Christ in such an intimate way, to the point where we can receive him in Holy Communion. I've quoted it before, but there's a beautiful line from uh, uh, Saint John Paul II, which I think is also pertinent to specifically this church, which is that Eucharistic adoration prolongs and intensifies all the graces of the Mass. It is the right response, if you will, to the mystery of Christ becoming present. As Edith Stein, Saint Edith Stein says, is that when anyone else, when anyone comes to realize that Jesus is present in the Blessed Sacrament, anyone with any normal way of thinking would respond with adoration. And so I think that that is what is so important in what happens here in this church. I think that the fact that this church, when it was dedicated, is now being fulfilled in its purpose in such a particular way because of the perpetual adoration that goes on here. And so my encouragement to you sisters who have continued this beautiful act of adoration, this prolonging and intensifying of all of the graces of the Mass. I think there will be a day when we will all see all of the graces that have poured out of this church, not only for London, but for the world. I think that when God looks upon all of his churches, I think he looks at this place with particular tenderness because this is where his son is adored perpetually. And I think that this is the fulfillment of worship in spirit and in truth. I think that what happens here is the greatest act that can happen on the face of the earth. There is nothing greater than the adoration of God himself. I think that what happens here has the most powerful means by which to overcome all of the evils in the world. Adoration is that means, the adoration of God in spirit and in truth. And so as we celebrate the dedication of this temple, I think we should also celebrate the fact that it is being used for its right purpose, that the Lord is being adored here, that the Lord is being loved here, and that he has been for so many years. And so it is an encouragement then to continue in this beautiful work this work of adoration, 
a work which is truly able to transform the world in such a powerful way. I don't think there is a greater work that we could do for the transformation of the world. There isn't. And so to encourage all of you sisters in this beautiful work of adoration and everyone who comes to participate in that adoration, this is truly where we worship the Father in spirit and truth because we spend time here in adoration of his Son, in thanksgiving for the gift of himself, in thanksgiving that we can participate in his sacrifice and that we can offer to the Father something that is pleasing to him. Amen.